The Hair Voyage podcast is here for beauty professionals. Multi-passionate, entrepreneurial-minded, and interdisciplinary artists, we know you, we see you, and we love you. Hair Voyage is here to expand beauty education. We're sourcing information from different industries in order to support, inspire, and create community that cares for beauty professionals. We're here to propel you forward, integrating your passions and your desires into your beauty business. Hello, Heritarians. Thank you for being here and connecting with us today. I'm so excited that um, Kimra Luna is here. Thank you for being here too, Kimra. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you guys get to learn with us from Kimra. She is a mentor and she loves and is passionate about creating impactful brands. Um, do you, Can you also actually introduce yourself, Kimra? About, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I'm Kimra for people that don't know me. Um, and I support businesses, primarily service-based businesses, in growing really impactful brands online. Um, I've been doing this for about six years and I started off kind of just doing my own blog and then it ended up turning into people wanted to know how I was able to grow that and create success with that. And then I started teaching it. And now here I am, you know, working with all different types of people from different backgrounds um, and supporting them and, and, you know, creating a positive influence in the world. I love it. And yeah, I learned so much about, um, diversity and business and how I love how you can see the bigger vision of things and one of my first questions that I wanted to start the conversation with today is what comes to mind when you think of a beauty professional for me I when I think of beauty for professionals I think of it as therapy almost (laughs) like when I think about going to a beauty professional it's the time where I get to take care of myself and it's the time where I have someone to talk to that I, about things that I might not talk to about with other people. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's an industry that I've always been super passionate about. And a lot of people actually think I am in the beauty industry. Just if people go <laughs> Google me and look at my look, they, a lot of people think I'm a makeup artist or they think I'm a hairstylist. I get that all the time. You know, I have like bright pink hair and stuff. So um, it's and my best friend Andriana. She's been in the beauty industry for I don't know 14 years or something now, and um, it's always been something that's close to my heart is connecting with uh, people that are in that industry because I think it's such an impactful industry, um, especially because of of what we're actually wanting to talk about later is connection. Um, because I think a lot of people, they don't really get a ton of connection in their day-to-day lives. Um, even if people have friends, there's not a lot of that kind of like intimate where someone's actually like touching your hair and like, you know, touching yeah. your face and your body and like, you know, so, um, so yeah, it's just, it's a wonderful um, industry. And I think that, I think that some people don't realize how impactful they can be with their beauty businesses. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. I I wanted to tell you too, when I first saw your profile, that was one of the things that made me so excited. I mean, obviously, because I, I'm excited about the beauty industry, but I, I absolutely wanted to work with you because I was like, yes, she has this look, she gets it, like she, it, it, was, it was really um, powerful to just be there. It expressed something about you that made me 
be certain that I was like, yes, I need to work with her. <laughs> of course, everything else that you represent and like who you are, but that was just, um, I, well, as you were saying that, I was like thinking back to that moment and I was like, oh, yeah, that was, it is very influential. Yeah, and I think the pink hair kind of stands out from the rest of the people in my industry too. I mean, there's some other, you know, brightly colored haired people in my in my industry, but I'm I'm definitely unique in that sense. And um, even when I first got into my industry, I was actually kind of scared to have my hair colored because everyone was very kind of muted, so to speak, when it came to like their hairstyles. And I was just like, oh, I have like even when I first started, I had like my piercings in my face. I actually had them taken out uh, while I would do videos or webinar presentations and stuff because I was like, I don't know if people are going to like judge me and think that that's a little too different. Um, but turns out people didn't care. They just wanted great value and great content. So I just stuck those piercings right back in and was like, where's the blue hair at? You know, <laughs> like, let's do it. Yeah. You know? And I think it tells people that you, um, care about your expressing yourself and that's that's bold right so in our world of like connecting with others and all these things that you just mentioned where we are already at kind of a little bit of a low or struggle in like having that show up in your work of someone that's like yes I'm doing this This is who I am this is what I look like this is how I feel I think that's super um just important so I love that you've I love that you did that. Totally, totally agree. I think it's time for people to really just be themselves and express themselves in the way that they they so choose, you know? And if you want to yeah. have bright hair and piercings and tattoos all over, then go for it, you know? Um, we <laughs> And the world has really changed in regards to that. Um, it used to be, you know, where it was like, people wouldn't even hire you if you looked like that. And now it's kind of like, oh, everywhere I go, I see people like I'll be at a restaurant and like everyone's covered in tattoos. So it's like, oh, 10 years ago, that was not the case, you know? So um, time times are changing when it comes to like our outwardly like expression. I think um, people are still are like now becoming more accepting of different types of expressions. Yeah, absolutely. I think um the same shift is happening too in the beauty professional hair industry where I, well, at least for me, I hope, and this is also why I'm excited for you to be here is because um, I think beauty professionals are starting to see themselves and understand themselves more as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it used to be, where you would get like a job at a salon and then you, you know, got paid for the hours you worked. Then it kind of switched where you are now renting a spot at a salon. And that basically makes you your own business owner. You're getting a lot of your own clients. Yes, the salon might be getting you some, but a lot of people, it's about the relationship they're building with the client to keep the client coming back. Um, and that's how you keep like your streams of income. So you really are an entrepreneur if you're in the beauty industry, period. Like anyone in the beauty industry is an entrepreneur. And I think, you know, society. Yeah, even right? if you're an employee, you're still yeah, doing even your own if, art. Yes, it's still your own art. And if you want the clients to keep coming back, 
you have to have skills. You have to build those relationships with them. And you do make more money, obviously, especially with tips, because a lot of people do get tipped also. Um, so you want to make sure that you are doing an awesome job. So you are, you still are an entrepreneur either way, whether you're getting paid just hourly or, or not, you're still an entrepreneur in that sense of like, you are keeping that client coming back and satisfied and loving the work that you do. Um, so, it, but I'm glad that now, people are starting to see it as that it's almost like 10 years ago, people thought if you were in the beauty industry, you just had like a hobby that you made money with sometimes. Um, and now it's like, Oh, like these people are like really successful. Like people have like full blown businesses. I know people who are in the beauty industry who make more money than, than like any of the rest of our friends. So um, I really feel like, like now people are starting to see it as a serious thing. And I really hope that people that are in the beauty industry, especially people listening to this, see themselves as entrepreneurs. Um, because it's like, it, it just takes a little bit of that shift of like, of like art. A lot of people think like, oh, that's like some sort of hobby or something you do on the side. But really, people have a lot of success in the beauty industry. It was very different 10 years ago. And I'm so glad that it has really evolved. And and even now, so with everyone taking like, you know, their Instagram selfies and all that sort of stuff, it's actually made people value going to a beauty professional even more because they want to look good in their photos. Yeah. They want to have their makeup done for a party they're going out to, you know, like they want to go and get their lashes done so they don't have to put on mascara every single day, you know? So mm -hmm. there's people that it, it's like the times have really shifted with social media and just people want like, like we were talking about, like expressing ourselves is becoming like, especially outward appearance is becoming much more like socially accepted. It used to be like, oh, everyone just kind of dressed the same and like look the same. And now people are like, oh, I want to look this way. So I'm going to look this way. And I'm going to take a bunch of pictures and post them on Instagram <laughs> about it, you know? Um, yeah. And, it's, so it's been really great to see that. And I, and I know that that has helped the beauty industry become a lot more like, like taken seriously as like, like people in beauty are real freaking entrepreneurs, like straight. Absolutely. Real entrepreneurs, real artists, real designers. Mm -hmm. I can't wait till the day we are recognized in the design world. That's what I'm really pushing for. But yeah, yeah for sure. Business. Um, we have made huge leaps and bounds um and yeah let's let's talk about how we can do better in that arena or what what advice would you give to beauty entrepreneurs yeah so one of the things i feel with the beauty niche is like right now social media can really help a business like explode kind of in a sense but in a good way um like when you see beauty influencers, especially, you know, like YouTube and IGTV videos and, and, you know, product review videos that everyone is creating, um, you can really create something sustainable from that, you know, having followers, especially on places like Instagram, you know, it makes it so that you can have sponsorships. And there's been a lot of rumors going around where people are saying like, oh, like people aren't really paying people to like do sponsorships and stuff anymore. But it's actually not true at all. It's they're spending actually a lot more money on this now because they're seeing how important it is. Um, there's actually several different like, you know, makeup companies and lash companies 
who have never even paid for marketing at all, except for with influencers. And they have huge multi-million dollar companies. Um, so it's really just becoming more of like, you can create your own brand around who you are as a person, your values, your belief systems, your mission on the planet, and share your craft and share your gifts with the world. Um, mm -hmm. I follow all sorts of beauty people on Instagram. It's kind of, it's like one of my favorite things about Instagram. I mostly follow just artists in general. I love following illustrators and, and designers, but I love especially like nail tech sort of stuff. And I don't even, wear, yes. I don't even wear like the nails, but I love following the nail. Me ones. too. It's like soothing to like watch the videos. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my gosh, look at this beautiful art. And my best friend, and nail tech so I'm always like oh look look how pretty this is I'm always like sharing all these things with her she's like can you stop sharing like 100 things with me all the time but <laughs> she's like I'm busy she's like I'm at work right now um but you know <laughs> so I love just seeing that art and I feel like those platforms are making people appreciate the art more and if you know you're someone who is maybe a nail tech or a lash tech or you do hair for a living or or you're someone who does all the bright colors like really share content like consistently on your platforms because it really does attract people into your shop like i recently had moved from uh, new york city to back to idaho where i'm born and raised and the first thing i did is went on instagram and looked for boise idaho hair dye that was the yeah. first thing I did because I needed to find people who could color my hair in the brightness of where I would like my hair to be colored. Uh, so, yeah. you know, and I, I immediately started shopping around looking for people and I looked on Instagram because if you go on Google, you don't really see a bunch of stuff. Like I'm like, even on Yelp, it was kind of difficult for me to find like pictures of like bright stuff. And here in Idaho, there's not a lot of people that specialize in doing the bright colors. So I was glad that I searched it and was able to like find people. Um, so it's really important to continue sharing like on our social media platforms. Oftentimes, you know, you're so busy with your work and then a boom, another client's in and boom, another client's in and we forget to do like the videos or even just take photos of people. But it does really make makes such a huge difference to be consistent with that um, and especially using your local like hashtags you know like use hashtag your city your town um, I think that's so crucial too so people can find you um, and you know really another piece of it too is um, one of the big struggles because I had a client who she runs a salon and she does hair extensions as her primary um, business. And she's very well known in her area for doing that. And she had moved to like a different, like her own, she built like her own like little shop. And, and I was like so proud of her cause I like knew her from my high school and stuff. I was like, Oh, you know, you're like crushing it, you know? And, um, and she was like, well, I want to hire you as a coach. So I started working with her and it turned out that people were having a hard time paying the prices and she was ordering very high quality stuff. And so every month she was really only breaking even because people weren't wanting to pay the higher prices. And so mm -hmm. I said, well, something that you need to do is let your clients know why you need to raise the prices. Like be honest with people and say, look, like my shop, cost this much like this is how much like this these products cost me and if you're only paying this much I'm not making any money to pay my own rent I'm only able to pay for the shop you know and so yeah. she let people know and she did lose some clients from that but she raised her prices by $50 like each session and then she was able to finally make profit and so sometimes we can be scared as people who are more service-based who are providing a service to someone to you know raise our rates but 
it's time that we have to do that because obviously, you know, there's inflation and there's all this stuff. And I know people who have charged the same for a haircut as they did like five years ago. And I'm like, you need to raise your rates a little bit, you know, um, because, you know, you're going to, you know, go into the poor house and that's not what you want to do. Right. So yeah. there's those things to think about too, when it comes to like pricing, um, because some people say, well, I'll get more clients if I charge less, but the thing is you don't want to be the cheapest person on the block. Um, there's no sense in that because that also attracts clients who are also more problematic clients, which I'm sure everyone in the beauty industry has had different problematic clients. Um, and you know, you're actually more likely to attract those if you have much lower prices. Um, mm -hmm. and it's just like a different mindset sort of thing. And I tell people, I said, do you want to be Walmart or do you want to be urban outfitters or do you want to be Louis Vuitton? You know, like what is that vibe that you want to put out there and who do you want to work with? Um, because as a service-based person, you get to choose who you work with. It can be hard if you're in a much smaller town, um, but definitely anyone who's in a city, um, you can really choose the exact ideal people that you want to work with. Um, you know, I have a friend in New York, in New York who works with, you know, women who are business professionals and she goes into their offices in different, you know, like literally in these like high rise, you know, buildings like in Wall Street and she goes into their offices and actually does like their hair and their makeup up and stuff for them at their office um and she's been doing that for six years and she only has to work three days a week and she still is able to pay all her bills and everything um yeah i have she so many shows that you know i have so many clients that say that to me um just on the on a like weekly basis people will make that joke like can you just come to my house and do my makeup I'm like let's set it up like let's get everyone into one apartment building like in the city and we can do this yeah and and because I've paid people more to come to my house to do my hair especially when my um, my youngest son, when he was still like breastfeeding and stuff and doing my hair, especially with all the colors and my hair is naturally black. So my hair takes multiple bleachings. Um, and then if mm -hmm. they're going to be cutting it on top of that, it's pretty much like a four, sometimes five, even six hour job to do my hair. And yeah. it was so much easier to just do it at my house because I have to nurse my baby. Right. So, yeah. um, so I would hire people to come into my home to help me do my hair. Um, and it was worth it for me to do that. And I understood obviously the price was going to be much higher if I'm paying them to drive to my home and bring products to my home and all that sort of stuff. But it was totally worth it for me to do that. And there are people who they're more comfortable in their own house, um, having those things done. Like even like, I don't even like going out and getting a massage at a massage place. I would rather hire a person to come to me I feel more comfortable in my own home um especially with like massage like stripping like half naked you know uh, I feel yeah. more comfortable at my own house doing that than at, a, at like a spa or other place and so yeah. there is definitely I mean think about like glam squad came out glam squad came out because there was so many people with the need of like I don't have time to go to the salon and get my hair blown out and get my makeup done you know so mm -hmm. it just made sense for them to create companies like that um so that you can get those get those services and i mean we've used glam squad many times because i'll have um people who are part of my masterminds often we'll have them fly out to where i'm at and we'll create brand videos and we'll do photo shoots for them and and stuff like that and so i often have had like okay glam squad here's your appointment like get it done because 
it was just easier for me to do that, you know, than try to go yeah. and keep finding, you know, different people to work with and stuff. So um, eventually I did land on one person. I was like, okay, they're really good. I'll keep them for like, you know, all my, you know, clients, but um, it took a little bit of sorting to, to find the person that I really loved also. So, um, but I'm glad that those sorts of services have started to come about because sometimes we can't get out of our home. And then another part on top of that is there's people that are disabled. There's people that, you know, literally physically can't get out of their home to go do, um, you know, get their hair cut um, or, or get their nails done or get their lashes done. And, um, so I think that's another consideration to think about too, that I think some people don't realize is sometimes there's physical limitations. And I've seen people even like bash things like, oh, like why does everyone have to have like Grubhub and their food delivered to them? I said, some people physically cannot get in their car and drive. Like, you know, like yeah. they're, you know, and it's the same with getting your haircut. There are people who physically can't get out to go get their haircut. So those are other considerations for, I think for people um, to take into account, um, especially when it comes to people that are in the elderly communities um, who, you know, haven't had someone come and pamper them. Um, I think that those are those, that's something to, to just think about, you know, with people, especially when you are like in the beauty niche, you know? Yeah. I, I love thinking about that too, because the, there's so many different, uh, arenas or areas that you could you, yeah you could do hair and makeup in a city you could do it just for weddings you could just do it for business people you could only work at the salon there's so many different facets I guess of mm-hmm. of what we can do and I I think that's one thing that absolutely drew me into the industry and it's something that um it keeps me excited about being in here because there's always something new to learn but I think that's also a challenge and same thing in the entrepreneur just realm in general there's so much to learn at all times it will never end um Mm -hmm. technology will always be changing we're always in motion and so I would love to know how how you would coach how you would suggest with people like how figuring out which picking maybe which interests or which thing to specialize in, especially if you do genuinely have interests in all these different areas. Yeah. And that's a really tough one. Cause it's kind of like, everything is a shiny object. Like let's go try yeah. this thing and try that thing. And, and what I really recommend is for everyone to read a book. It's called the one thing. And it's a book about getting laser focused on, on a path. And it's okay to be multi-passionate. I'm a very multi-passionate entrepreneur, right? My primary business is helping personal brands and service-based businesses, but I also book concerts. I also, you know, my boyfriend is opening up a bar and restaurant and I'm going to be helping him with his marketing with there. Um, I also sometimes, you know, want to just talk about vegan stuff and I have a vegan Facebook group. So I'm I'm very... (laughs) Yeah, so I'm a very multi-passionate type of person. I have lots of different interests, whether it's from like punk rock to, you know, parenting to, I mean, my youngest son's autistic. So obviously I want to talk about things like those sorts of topics. So um, so it's one of those things where there's always so many directions we can go in. And, and the thing is, is there's no 
right or wrong way necessarily. And that's, I think, probably the hardest part about it. I tell people all the time, I say, there's a million ways to make a million bucks. There's really not one exact direction. Some person might just do a podcast and then that's their full-time living is just doing a podcast. Another person might be their whole business has grown through Instagram and that's like their whole entire business, you know? So it, there's no like right or wrong way. It's really d- diving deep and finding what your values are. Like values are really the core of everything. And I end up coaching my clients quite a lot on this because it's like, what do you really care about? Like, do you really, is intimacy a really strong value of yours and you want to only work with people one-on-one or do you want to do things like in a group sort of setting? Do you want to have an actual salon and run it yourself or do you not want to have to have those stresses on you? Like, what are the values that you have as a person? You know, um, for myself, I don't think I would want to own a salon because the fact that it might take up a lot of time and I have three kids and it might take a few years before I can get it to a place where I would be able to have more time off, right? Or before Mm -hmm. I hire the right team, it could take a while to do those sorts of things. So I have to decide like, what sort of things do I really value? And right now, because my kids are really young, I value time with them. When they're teenagers, yeah, they probably won't even care. They'll just be like, oh, whatever, you know, <laughs> like mom's just working, you know, but it's yeah. different when they're like little kids and I want to be spending that time. So it's really about diving deep into your values, who you care about, the types of clients you want to work with. Um, and one thing is like some, I've had people say like, well, I really want to like, you know, help people that are like really poor, but oftentimes they can't afford my services, um, you know, from from, you know, lower income sort of communities. And I say, well, then find people that you that you can work with, charge higher prices for people that maybe are, you know, business executives or people like that. And then that gives you enough money so you can have the time to serve people in other communities that might be at a lower income bracket. Right. So you have to kind of make like that balance. Like, yes, I have, you know, lower price point products. I have higher price point products. I have products all the way from $10 lowest is $10 a month, all the way to $3,000 a month. Right. So I have different things in between, but because I have those people at the $3,000 a month rate, I can afford to put my time into something that is $10 a month. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that I can support those people that might not have that budget to spend on something that's higher, that's higher price point. And maybe later they can, but I still want to be able to serve mass amounts of people. That's something that I get a high high value in is serving lots of people. So it's just, it's a little bit different than, because I'm like a community builder. Like I've always been all about community and continuing to build those communities. And, you know, I think like that just kind of turned into my value was like community, community, community. And like, But the thing with community is I still want some of that intimacy. I still want to be able to support people. So even in my program, that's $10 a month. I still have office hours time. I call office hours where people can ask me questions and connect with me and I can keep building that relationship. I send out forms that for them to fill out so I can learn more about their businesses and see what they really care about and what they're passionate about and what's really driving them and what their values are. Um, So I still keep some of that intimacy, but intimacy isn't like a core value word for me. You know, I, I like mm-hmm. working with people one-on-one, but I also would rather work with like a thousand people all at once. So it's, it depends on what you really truly care about. If you want to have like a big salon and have like tons of clients coming in the door, like that's, you know, some people they value that other people that might not be their thing. Um, 
So it, it all boils down to like, what do you truly value? Where do you want to be seen at, especially on social media? Where do you want to be seen at? Are you someone who wants to do videos? Then sit down and start recording videos. And eventually you're going to learn and get better at it. And that is going to be a platform that you use is use it, utilizing videos. If it's podcast, it's podcast. You know, like you, you really just have to pick a lane and stick to it. Um, one of the things, especially with video or podcasting, is most people stop after 10 videos or 10 podcast episodes. Uh, most people just stop. So the only thing that really makes you stand out is keeping going. <laughs> and so consistency can be very difficult when you're a service-based sort of industry because you're serving your clients all day, but then after you're done serving your clients, you're exhausted. So you're like, I don't want to like create this other content. Um, it can be, it could just be hard to get consistent with creating other pieces of content. So you want to make sure you're blocking off time for those things. Um, and this again goes back to, you might want to charge a little bit higher right? Even if it's raising your rates by $5 or $10 so that you can afford that, that time to create other pieces of content, depending on the type of brand you're wanting to grow. Yeah. I, I love how you're putting this all together for me. I'm thinking about how, you know, knowing your values and then understanding what your desires and how you want to give. Um, I love that you mentioned that because in community, you could be a part of a community and feel super disconnected just because you're in a community doesn't mean that the connection's there. Mm -hmm. But the more that you are clear about what you value, the easier it is to create those connections within a group. And it's kind of symbolic and the same for even figuring out which lane you want to take. Um, I guess I am like sitting here thinking and reflecting and I would, I want to have more compassion for myself um, just on my own career journey of trying on all these different things. You know, for one minute I was really into um, like doing designs and men's hair. And then I was really into uh, wedding hair. And then, you know, and I'm, I'm always like, just like you, it's like my heart is like actually warm when you're talking about all the different interests that you have. Cause I know you are out there killing it and you still manage to stay moving in all these different directions. So that makes me so happy to know um but i think that for a challenge for me about the beauty profession um the beauty professional industry is that people will say on the outside i guess people will make that appear to be like flaky and um irresponsible but as an entrepreneur i know that that is part of the creative process and I love that you're kind of just reclaiming that and, and saying like, yeah, if you have to go explore videos, go do it. And then if you're one of the people that aren't into it after 10, then move on. And I also listened to some of your other podcasts. Um, and I think a trait that you've talked about in entrepreneurial ship is that, you know, if something's not working, you just like you cut and go. And yeah. I've, I've thought about that a lot since I heard you talking about it. And I think that that's, even for us as hair voyage in the startup process, that's been a really important skill to learn. So I think it's like, I want to put more value on trying the things. And then also you don't have to like, there is a lot of specializing. And I think Instagram has kind of helped highlight that, that you can just be a fades barber or you can just be a balayage specialist. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also be someone that likes to do four things. Yeah. So 
I like I like all the options that we have right now. It's exciting. Yeah, and and I think people they get kind of scared to let something go because they're like, oh, well, that made me money, but. If your heart's not really in it anymore or it's just not feeling very aligned, that's often time when the universe is kind of telling you if things are just feeling kind of misaligned, something either needs to be adjusted and how you're serving in that capacity or that service just needs to stop and needs to be shifted to something else. Um, Oftentimes, we'll hit that part of misalignment when we're not continuing growing. It's kind of like if you're not growing, you're dying. And... It's so if you're not learning like new skills or learning how to get yourself out there more or how to promote the skills that you're doing or talent that you're doing, like it, it can make you start feeling really stagnant. So that's when it's time to start reassessing, like, do I really want to continue being known as the person who's the master of doing fades or do I want to expand on something else and start helping men create better toupees? You know, like what, what is it, you know, you know, like, like ask yourself and it's okay to sit down and start asking your, asking yourselves questions. I'm a very big advocate of like journaling and just like asking yourself questions. Like, why does this feel misaligned right now? Yeah. One of my favorite positions to be in is, or like, I I guess transitions is just like thinking about being a new learner. It's so, um, adrenaline because it's so vulnerable and it's so uncomfortable and like you were just saying like if you're already the master in something and you've established that and you have this amazing instagram right it's even harder then to go ahead and be the new learner in something but Mm -hmm. i value that how steve steve jobs always had new learners on his Mm -hmm. teams he would mix he would take someone brand new and put them with like people um, that have been working on something together for years or that were masters at whatever position they were. And he would throw someone in the mix because that person is so new. They don't know um, the old ways that people had already approached it or the things that had or hadn't already worked. And inventiveness happened because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So I love thinking about that in our industry too or somebody like – yeah, you can see someone, okay, you take the master fader and then they're going to start doing wedding hair. It's like everybody, that I'm how that's super uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but also so exciting for the person that it keeps their creativity alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think I want to encourage other people to do that more too, as well as myself, but um, how can you how can we like support people in those transition times because it also although it's exciting and stimulating it also does feel really bad and it's easy to jump back into that thing that you know you're you've already su- like succeeded at yeah and this has happened to me on numerous occasions because I'll be like oh that service is like going so great it's going so well but oh I have these interests over here and then I'll like just dabble in the interest and I go back to the other thing because I'm like oh well that's the thing that paid the bills And so it can, it can, it's like when you're creative, because even though I teach business, I feel I'm very creative. Like I, like to me, marketing is my creativity. And so I feel like creative space and I am a very consistent learner. I'm always learning and taking courses and, and educating myself. And I love working with clients who are maybe newer or jumping into a new sort of niche or, or industry, um, because there is all that excitement there that it, 
it's like this momentum is starting to go and and it can be difficult though to like keep doing it because it's easy to fall back on something that you're already super skilled at and so one of the things that I would encourage is make sure that with that other skill that it is a more of a transition sometimes cutting it off completely um, can make it so well obviously bank accounts uh, can drop a bit um, so yeah. cutting something off completely can can make it more rough of a, of a transition. So wean yourself into it, you know, like start doing those things kind of on the side. And if you have an audience, let them know that you're transitioning. It's okay yeah. to say like, hey, here are some new services that I've decided to add in. Who wants to come in and get their hair done? It's okay to, to say that you're transitioning, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think society kind of puts like this thing of like, Oh, you're just one thing. And that's like all you are the rest of your life. And there's no value in seeing someone as like, you know, a Jane or Jack of all trades, but I love being a Jane of all trades. And it's part of my personality. Other people, they have no desire to do that. They would rather just stay in one thing and do that one thing for the rest of their freaking lives. Then go for it. Do that thing. As long as it's, you know, paying your bills and you feel great and you love your clients. Awesome. You know? Um, but I feel a lot of people, there's kind of like a stigma around like shifting directions. And like you said, it might even look as like a flaky sort of thing. And I've, and I've been accused of being flaky multiple times in my life because I would switch from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And I'm surprised that I've had my current business for almost six years now. Um, but the thing is, is in this business, I've been able to create different sorts of services. I've been able to create different types of groups around different topics that I want to talk about. And so it's a allowed me some space to have that flexibility and that's one reason why I've like branded my own name because it gives me more flexibility so if I do want to suddenly start doing a bunch of posts about parenting and entrepreneurship I can and it's not like quote-unquote off topic you know um it's yeah. along with like my values and my belief systems and so as long as you know what your values are and what you care about is in your content you're putting out is fitting with that it doesn't feel weird for anybody else. We might think it does. We might think, oh, that person's kind of flaky. They're like jumping ship and moving to something else. But if the person is saying like, no, this matches my values. This is why I'm doing this. Then it doesn't feel like there's a misalignment at all because the people are like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Get on with it. Go do it. You know? Absolutely. And I think like having your own like compass with your values is so key because even I'm thinking back to kind of I guess it was maybe like five maybe it's still kind of around where someone will say oh you're a junior stylist you're a I don't even know all the names because there's so many different kind of ways to measure someone's expert level Mm -hmm. so it'll say like oh you're a master stylist and that can mean so many different things because I mean so the, it's like this in, interesting challenge in the beauty industry where the consistency and the education is so vast and so every single person's education system and what they've learned, how they learned it, um, even if they took the same course, mm-hmm. if they learned it from a different teacher, like, I mean, the, I guess this is just education in general and in life but we're specifically talking about our industry (laughs) so um yeah it's it's just amazing to me that how we can have all these labels and yet being a master to this person or this person has master on their card as well and they have two totally different skill sets two totally different identities and influences and ways and beliefs about doing something Mm 
Mm-hmm. So I think it's just so important. Like you keep like what you're saying is just it's like your anchor. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody's like, "Oh, you're flaky. You'll never." I remember someone when I first entered the industry telling me like being a jack of all trades um, and master of none was just like it was kind of. She said like something around the lines of like dreamers will never really get anywhere because they can't ever focus and like execute anything and I just I, I love this uprise of being accepting and I mean the world itself is becoming more and more interdisciplinary uh every day yeah because you, you just look around and you see oh here's the here's the yoga cafe with um I don't know what uh, this photo studio and the boutique like things that that's that's happening and we all we're all moving in that direction so um and it's funny you say that because my boyfriend's business is going to be like five businesses in one he was just telling my son son this like yesterday he's like oh there's going to be this and then this and then this and then this and this and so there's all these different streams of how profit can come in and and he and my son he's like oh this looks like five businesses and he's like yep it's like five in one (laughs) so yeah like like that that it's becoming more okay for things to be like that. And, and if you think about even just, yeah. And even if you think about just careers in general, like a lot of people, they start a career at a place and it used to be like, Oh my gosh, you have to work at the same place for 10 years or it looks bad on your resume. Now, now people like even myself as someone who hires people, I look for different experience. So if they have worked Mm -hmm. at five different companies, that actually makes me happy because they know the behind the scenes of what's been going on in those companies and they have different skill sets they've learned at each different company and that can bring more to my company, right? So now people are seeing that as like, oh, like you have experience in these different places, not that you're just like jumping ship all the time. And it's, and it's becoming very common, especially with people like, you know, in the millennial age bracket, because they're wanting to follow companies that have more of their values. And if something isn't feeling right, they're not as afraid to jump ship anymore. When it used to be like our parents and grandparents, it was like, oh, you worked the same job for 30 years and that was it, you know, and then you retired mm-hmm. um, and or 40 years or 50 years even, you know, and, you know, it's just a different world we live in now. And I'm grateful for that because I think that gives space for creatives because creatives have always been the people that have been the, you know, the Jack of all trades or Jane of all trades, you know, like we've always been those types of people. We're the ones that are just like, Oh, like we want to write poetry one day. And then the next day we're doing lashes for a living, you know, like it's just the way we are. as (laughs) And now it's like, we, we, we can do that. Like we can go and study and pick what we want to learn. We can pick who our mentors are, which is like a completely different like day and age. Now, you know, I have friends that are like tattoo artists and they're able to pick who is the person they apprentice with and like who they learn from and like what shops that they want to stay in. And if they want to move to a different shop, it's like, it's not like as big of a deal. It used to be where like, if you were in a tattoo shop, you were at that same tattoo shop your whole freaking life. Now it's like, 
you know what, like I do want to transition and work in this place. And then, and then their skills change because they're working around different types of artists and you'll notice that in them. I have friends who've been tattoo artists for many years and I've seen how their art and their craft has changed based off of the influence in the place they get or a place they get into and where they work at. And it's the same thing in beauty. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the shop that you're working at, the salon that you're working at, like, or spa, like you see how people work in that lo- in that area and, and in that same, like even just your colleagues, people you're working around and, you know, your skills develop in different ways. And like you had said, like some people, it's like, oh, they call themselves, you know, um, you know, they're like the master stylist at that salon, but it's really just at that salon. At another salon, they might not really even be considered a master stylist for one thing, mm-hmm. but they might just be a master stylist in a certain type of type of style. You know, I watched yeah. it the other day where the woman, she specializes in, in um, curly hair and, um, and people fly from all over the world to go and get their hair done by her because she is a master in that one thing. So she pinpointed that thing and she will probably be doing that thing until she dies, right? Other people, mm-hmm. they might want to master that for a little while and then be like, you know what? I want to go and switch to this other thing. And, and it was one thing that um, I had actually said to and I might've even mentioned this on a different podcast before, but like I had said to my, my now soon to be like ex-husband, I had said to him, I said, sometimes I'm kind of frustrated because I feel like I haven't mastered anything. And he said, no, you've mastered one thing that other people never master. And I was like, what's that? And he said, passion. He's like, mm-hmm. everything you get into, you have so much passion behind it that people can't resist whatever you're doing. And you, he's like, you care about it so much. He's like, maybe even sometimes you care about it a little too much, but you care about it so much that it's ir- it becomes irresistible to people. So even if I transition to something else, as long as I keep my passion behind it and I really genuinely care about it and how I'm serving people and how I'm helping people, then it's going to be successful. Absolutely. Passion is is the key to sustainability and to being able to keep going. And that's sometimes like some people need change in order. And if you're one of those people and you need to dapple in all these different things in order to keep passion alive or to keep your, to keep visiting what passion Mm -hmm. feels like for you, do it. Yeah. And sometimes even dabbling in other things doesn't even necessarily have to be in regards to our career. Like if I want to go take dance lessons, like that has nothing to do with my business. But if I want to do that because I want to, you know, start dabbling in something else and seeing if I can create, have any talent in that or, or even just have fun with it, like go for it. You know, like I think sometimes we get really stagnant, um, especially as creatives of doing the same thing over and over and over. It can get really repetitive. Um, And so even just having other hobbies, even it can really help us make sure that we're keeping our passion in the work that we're doing Um, because it it can get really tiresome. You know, like I said, like I have friends who are in the beauty niche particularly, and it can get exhausting um, doing the same thing repetitively. And so, you know, having other things outside of your business that are your interest and think if it's, it doesn't matter if it's rock climbing or knitting or whatever it is, um, having something that's outside can help keep those creative juices going and keep our passion for the thing that we are already doing. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm thinking about this book. You, have you read um, The Medici Effect by Franz Johansson? I think so. Um, I don't know. I've read so many books, sometimes I can't really read <laughs> Well, he is so incredible, and I love how he talks about, he's one of the, the first people that 
introduced me to this fact of cross-pollinating and um, actually was really inspired to create Hair Voyage off of learning about um, travel nurses and tattoo artists. So it's funny that you bring them up because I started interviewing them and asking them about like this, all those things that you just described, how they would have like guest artists and how people were getting influenced and learning and being and gaining talent because of someone else's just what their everyday life was like but because they switched places and they were passing through maybe they're from France and they were passing through from um and being a guest artist in California it was they were just doing what they do but now in California it's so it's such a fresh and different look to these people that have just been living in California and surrounded by all the same type Mm -hmm. of work that it starts putting it shifts everyone in new directions Mm -hmm. and um he talks about that influence a lot and uh I love the the phrase cross-pollinating cultures Mm -hmm. um and that's that's a huge inspiration for her voyage and so I want to also hear how like how you've implemented that in some of your business approaches as well yeah, it's something that's been important to me since kind of the beginning that of starting my business. I've always had like other guest mentors um, teach content inside of my programs because I really don't think I can be the expert of every single topic. I mean, that's just absurd. Um, you know, no one can be the expert of everything, you know, um, it, it just doesn't happen. So yeah. since the beginning of my business, I've been all about collaboration, building relationships with people, um, just connecting with other business owners. And I'll even ask someone like, Hey, is it cool? If I just hop on a call with you and like know a little bit more about like what you do and how you're serving people and like how that's affecting change in the world. And, and people are usually like, Oh yeah, sure. I'd love to chat with you about that. Um, because I think like there can be a disconnect, especially in the online space, because we don't, always work with people like in person we're often working with someone over a zoom or skype call and it's it's really one of those things where we really need more of that connection anyway just in general but i think the collaborations have really helped me grow as a business owner because i'm able to see my own blind spots where i'm mm-hmm. like oh like that's something that i'm not super skilled in so i'll make sure i bring in experts on that um like writing email copy that was something i was not really skilled in for a long time and so i would bring in other experts to teach those topics because it just made sense to teach those to have that inside of my material it was so important for people to learn that skill um so it's 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 an interesting thing and i think there's a lot of competition in industries um, even especially in my own where it's like oh like we're not gonna like help you unless you like promote our thing with like an affiliate link and like make money from it and i'm not used to that because i you know was raised in punk rock world and it was like oh you're a local punk band i'm a local punk band let's do a show together it was kind of like everyone just wanted to together it was like a collaboration and then when i got into the online space it was a lot more competition and i'm very much like collaboration over competition i think it's kind of i'm just kind of getting sick of it like i'm just like i don't want to deal 
deal with this, you know, caddy competitiveness stuff. And so collaboration just, it really became so essential to growing my business. It became essential to me learning and, and being part of, especially like I had joined a mastermind with some other business owners and they were all different niches. They were all completely different than my own business. And so I was able to learn and grow just from being around their businesses and saying, Oh, that's interesting. You do that for your clients. Like that might be something I could start incorporating something similar to that into my own business, you yeah. know? So it takes a lot of, of connection and building relationships to keep on growing. And that's why I love like the platform that like you're creating with hair voyage is that people can collaborate and like build those relationships, learn from different sorts of people from different backgrounds. And like you were saying, even with the tattoo artists, like one from France coming to California to do their art, everyone in that, in that studio is going to be like, Oh my gosh, like, wow, check out that style. That's completely different. I didn't think about that. And yeah. you know, I, I think it is really crucial for every industry, doesn't matter what industry you're in, to be collaborating and building relationships with people that are in your same niche, but have different styles than you. You know, there's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with bringing somebody else in to support you. You know, I have a mastermind coming up and I have a videographer that's going to be working with us. Yes, I'm doing the scripting and creative direction, but they are doing the filming and the editing, but I'm collaborating with them and saying, Hey, like, these are some types of shots that we want to have in here. This is the type of energy we want to have for this video. Like, like it's, it's, it just helps everyone grow. And I had talked, I had told my videographer, I said, I apologize if I'm challenging you, but I challenge the people I work with to push themselves to be better at what they do or to learn a new skill set. You know, like it's totally awesome. Like let's all keep learning new things so that we can be better at our craft. And um, so, yeah, I, I love collaboration. I think it's just, like I said, it's just crucial for any type of business that is out there. Um, you have to collaborate with other people. It, it's like entrepreneurship isn't like a solo road. You know, people say solopreneur. Yeah. It makes me cringe. I even put this on my sales page the other day for my mastermind. It really makes me cringe when someone says solopreneur because I'm like, you can't do this by yourself. You can no. make you know, you can make some money by yourself, but to have a sustainable business and have a thriving company, like you can't do it on your own. It takes collaboration, whether that's with people you hire, whether that's with other groups that you join and, and participate in, um, whether that's people you interview on your podcast or on your YouTube channel or um, people you meet in person and just have like a meetup group. Like, that stuff really does matter and it helps you grow um, as someone, especially as people who are providing services, really helps you grow. Yeah, I was listening to the podcast with you and uh, Mastin Kip and you guys were talking about how even just entrepreneurs are so likely to get isolated because we do so many things at home, at our computer and just independently and we are are creative so we also crave alone time and we are also people that provide services so then we do need alone time to like re um refuel so yeah you, the collaborations and reaching out and just spending time with other people especially that have different paths mm -hmm. has been um remarkable for my own personal journey but yeah, can you tell us a little bit about like how the effects of like the mental health with that? 
Yeah. As well. Entrepreneurship can be very lonely, especially when we don't have family members that understand, or maybe even our spouse or person, you know, partner that we're with might not even understand. So, you know, because sometimes as, you know, entrepreneurs, we are working all day on a Saturday and that might seem really strange to some other people. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it can feel like a very isolated type of industry, even if you do have employees or, or you work in a salon where you're working with people every single day in person, it can still feel very lonely. So that's one of the other reasons why collaborations are so great is because you have other people that understand you. You know, if you're spending more time with people that are in your same industry and in your niche and building those relationships, you're feeling less alone in the world. And that absolutely, oh my gosh, yes. It really affects like our mental health, depression, anxiety, just knowing that we have someone that I can just like send my Facebook message and be like, oh my gosh, I'm just having such a rough day with this thing. Like, 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 I'm so glad I know that other people go through the same thing that I go through. Um, and so, yeah. It, it, and even understanding the celebrations, like when mm-hmm. you see somebody that um, they're going on a hike on Monday because they worked on Saturday and Sunday. So they're off on Mondays and they're doing fun things, but you just understand like, this is your Saturday. I know what this means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get that too. Cause yeah, my best friend, her days off are Mondays and Tuesdays and it always kind of cracks me up. Cause I'm just like, why is Mondays and Tuesdays are days off? Then I'm like, Oh yeah. Her clients, their days off are Saturdays and Sundays. So that's when they can go in to get, you know, their nails done or their lashes done or whatever they need. Done. Yeah. So, um, I, I do. Yeah. I think it's really, it's really important to have those relationships with people and, and rather it being like a, a competitive sort of space, rather like we can all support each other and lift each other up because there's always going to be people that need a haircut. There's always going to be people that want their lashes done or their nails done or their makeup done. Like that's never going to go away. Um, you know, humans are valuing beauty um, a lot more nowadays and it's, you know, especially beauty services, it's becoming so much more popular. I'm seeing people who I never even thought would have their nails done, having their nails done. I'm like, you do your nails? Like, it's kind of like surprising to me because I just thought it was <laughs> oh, like, cer- like certain groups of people maybe did it. Like maybe like just groups of like really wealthy people did it or something. Like I never really thought like, oh, people just do that like normally. Um, you know, it's like a way that they pamper themselves. Like, like I just it just wasn't something that really dawned on me until I started getting older. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I get it. And I used to get my nails done um, quite often. And I would bring my kids to get their nails done too. And I have boys, but they still loved it anyway. Um, so they would, they would just get like black or blue nail polish, um, but they loved it. And um, especially getting their um, like pedicures, they were, they, because they were like, it's weird. I, no one ever touches my feet you know and it was very interesting that they actually got their feet touched and um you know like I've known people who are also massage therapists and you know sometimes people come to them just for a touch you know and Mm -hmm. connection and sometimes people just they don't get that any other time they don't even get those intimate conversations so as people that are in the beauty industry 
you are supporting people in their own self-care and, and in their own mental health just by being there for them. And um, I was reading an article yesterday that um, there's like a barber shop that they spend time encouraging the people that come into their shop to go and get mental health services. They encourage them to go get therapy. They have like pamphlets of like therapists like in their shop to like give them to say like, hey, here's a really great therapist who kind of like works through people with these with what you were yes like, and I I'm think like, that's a was that the confess project um I think so yeah I was reading the article the other day and I think that they are amazing yeah so, so cool. cool it's so cool that they're doing that and especially when it comes to men I think that it's there's a lot less stigma on women going to therapy but like with men it's definitely one of those things where it's like men will fight forever and be like, no, I don't need to go. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'll just tough through it, you know? And it's like, well, you're having a lot of depression and anxiety. It might be time to go and get some services. And the people that are doing your hair, that's like the most intimate time you have with a person, you know, like it really is like when, like, like I'm very particular about who touches my hair um, for one thing, but for two, it's like, I know if I'm in the chair with that person for, especially for myself, because of the type of hair that I get done, you know, three hours, four hours, sometimes five hours, like I'm spending like a half a day with a human, you know? And so I'm building a relationship with them and connecting with them. And I might be telling them things I might not tell other people. And I think it's really, it's really mm-hmm. a time that people start feeling open when they are being kind of pampered in that sense, whether it is a haircut or getting their lashes done or whatever it is. And so I think it's important for, you know, people in the beauty space who, you know, work with clients in that capacity to, to recommend people to therapists and say like, Oh, like, you know, you're really going through some, you know, some ish right now. Um, you know, I, I happen to know a really great therapist who helps people with that and give them a card, you know, like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with telling that to people, um, or mentioning it or recommending it. Like even my own clients, um, you know, who come to me for business strategy, I will say like, you know, like I know, like you're going through a really rough time, like go see a therapist. I highly recommend it. I think therapy is great for, for everyone. And sometimes it takes a little bit to find the right one, but I think that, you know, nowadays a lot of them are becoming a lot more like trauma informed and, and I think it's just becoming a really good, good space right now. So it's, and it's exciting to me to see that that actual barber shops and salons and spas are are promoting that of like hey go work on health like like we are a place where you're taking care of yourself but self-care is only one part of mental health you know keep going yeah. on that journey know that that conversation is is moving and growing and people of all different ages and uh experiences are utilizing it it was like i, I just i couldn't i was so excited <laughs> Yeah, and I'm grateful that it's starting to happen and it's becoming like a lot less like it's just the the stigmas around it or it's just kind of sad, you know, like I feel like so many years it's there's been so much stigma around getting mental health support and I think it's crucial for you know, everyone and, and just in general, I think everyone has some things to work on. Um, but also the fact that if you are working with a person in an intimate setting, like you're doing their hair or lashes or nails or whatever intimate setting that is, like, 
I really think that it's, it's time for us to start speaking up and saying like, Hey, like, you know, I know, like, you know, we had a, you know, we had a great session today and, you know, like just letting you know, like if you're looking for any other support, like I know a few, you know, a few different therapists, you know, and I don't think anyone's gonna be mad at you for it. Just say, Hey, like, you know, you, you sound like you need a little bit of support. And so, you know, here's, here's, here's a card of someone that's really great. Yeah. Yeah, just starting the conversation because it's like then it's also a, a healthy boundary for salons to not become places where um, that energy just become, turns into like toxicity or someone's trying to like become the healer for that issue. You, It's just something that you can help people move along to the next step that, that they really need and yeah. instead of trying to take it on yourself. Yeah. And because that I think is one of the reasons why it can be so draining by the end of like, you know, a day of cutting hair. It's not just draining because you're actually physically doing something and standing for quite, for quite a lot of hours. It's also draining because of the emotional draining that happens from people sharing their life stories with you. And so allowing, allowing yourself to say like, Hey, like I know someone that can support you in this. Um, They're going to feel like, Oh wow. Like for one, you're actually listening to me, but for two, like I can keep getting continued support. Um, outside of this space and three like you said boundaries like it really helps helps the space like because some people they might want to just dump everything on you some people kind of expect that of someone in that in you know the beauty industry um so it's yeah so it, it, it could be a really great way to start having some of those like safer boundaries for yourself too because someone might share something that maybe that is a little bit of a trigger for you or it may be you know bring up some you know past things um i know especially during the holiday time a lot of people are talking things about their family members and and such or um not being able to afford enough gifts and there's all sorts of topics they might be bringing up during holiday times of year so you know Mm -hmm. it's definitely one of those things where it's good to set some boundaries too with with your clients of like oh you know like you love talking to them you know however it would be great if they you know did got some continued support with it yeah, and I think it's so interesting. Everyone makes jokes like, oh, man, you're a stylist. You must hear all kinds of things. And it's that's a fact. And then mm-hmm. I started doing this journaling exercise where I would just write down the subjects, not the whole conversation. I would just write the theme. Like, okay, today we talked about weddings. Or I just started writing a list every day of all the things that I heard being talked about in the salon and that me and my clients talked about in a day. And the, the range of subjects that it that, that journaling practice, like I look back at it and it's so powerful to help me just acknowledge like these are, it's one of the things that I love the most about being a stylist because you get so exposed to all these different, you know, like I, they're kind of like windows into different parts of life um, because all these different things get brought up, but also just being able to acknowledge that you went to all these different places with people. Um, it was a really cool reflection process to just kind of validate to yourself, like, okay, yeah, if we went from the range of someone, you know, someone's really hard experience to someone's really joyful experience to um, confusion and all this stuff. And um, yeah, it, it was a good grounding practice because I mean that's a constant. I'm always I always have to find 
Well, I love like your idea of like keeping a journal. I think that's really great. Like even keeping one in the salon, um, you know, and checking in with yourself. And there's a really great question. I love to journal at like the end of the day is how did I feel today? And why did I feel that way? Mm -hmm. I like that second part. Yeah. Like, why do I feel that way? Because sometimes by the end of the day, it's like, okay, today I feel really drained. But is it more drained than normal or is it like something happened in the day and it was like, oh my gosh, that like really took it out of me. So then you can become aware because really personal development is just awareness. That's really all it is. It's like you become very self-aware of how you're feeling and what you're going through. But it's like, okay, in that moment, if that client does come to me and they are saying something that might be a little bit triggering for that, you know, in that moment, how can I ground myself in that space while I'm still working with them? How can I ground myself in that space like after I'm done working with them and, and kind of reset my energy for my next client? Um, you know, like it does take asking yourselves those questions. For everybody, it's a little bit different. For some people, it might just be going and take, drinking some water. Other people, they might need to wash their face. Other people, they might just need to like go take a breath of fresh air outside, you know? So tapping into yourself and seeing like what actually works for me to help me feel in a better space to help me feel less drained by the end of the day maybe it is having a full-on half hour break no matter what because oftentimes as people in service base we just like shove a sandwich in our mouth and then keep working um so like how can you set aside those little resets between clients um but it's just asking yourself those questions like what actually makes me feel good in the middle of the day do it would going for a walk around the block around the salon make me feel a little bit better if I'm having a rough day? Yeah. Just ask yourself those questions, you know, and figure out what can help you best because we, we know ourselves better than anybody else. Right. So, you know, asking ourselves those questions, that's really the smartest thing you can do. Yeah. I love that you, you mentioned like keeping it at the salon in quietness at the end of the day. And I would just have like 10 minutes of decompression before I could move on. And days that I don't do that, or if I just like push through and just like get to the next thing we think. And I mean, it's not even, doesn't even mean it's a bad day. It just means I was thinking about all the conversations that I had, or I was just like the little actions that I took or the pieces of. Yeah. And because it could be in between clients or while you're on a lunch break or, I mean, and some people could even journal on their phone if they want, you know, there's a lot of different, like, you know, kind of like diary sort of apps, um, like bear, there's like a few other ones. And so you can do it on the go as well, but tapping into yourself. I mean, I mean, honestly, that's just part of personal growth. And I feel most people, you know, ought to be tapping into themselves and asking themselves how they feel that day. Um, but I think it's also just important to keep on reflecting on what your, what your clients are going through because it helps you connect better in the long run as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of this just goes back to having confidence with our own business. Um, because when you share information, it's not making it so that you're going to lose clients. And I think there's like this belief like, oh, if I mentor someone and I teach them how to do this, they're going to try to steal all my clients. Um, for one, you can do a contract where they can't just steal your clients. Um, that's called a non-compete. And I do that with anyone who works with me, um, where they're not allowed to, you know, talk with people that have been your clients. Um, but another thing is, is we live in this space again, where everything is so 
competitive and we don't really need to. A lot of that competitiveness is just something we've made up in our heads um, because it's not real. Um, the, the reality is, is there's always more people who are going to want services. And if we spend our life thinking like, that, you know, if I share someone one of my quote unquote secrets, like no one is going to want to work with me anymore um, or be my client anymore, then we're really just kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because the more we collaborate, the more that we share, the more that we mentor people, the more we're actually seen as the expert. The more we're seen as like, oh, like I want to go to them. They actually are the pro at this. And so it doesn't really take away. It actually adds and it builds our own personal brand authority. Um, in our in our niche um you know i've had people say like oh well like you're like you know teaching everything camera like you just share and share and share you know aren't you afraid of people you know just going back and creating like something you know off of what you taught them or something like that i said why would i be scared of that like i'm i'm my own person people work with me because they want to work with me you know this is now an industry i mean just even i mean actually all industries are kind of becoming a person to person business it's no longer b to c it's no longer c you know b to you know c to c is like all that stuff like it's no longer those things it's p to p person to person and people want to oh, work with yes them. I love that. It's P to P. And I'm just like, it, it's like we're in a whole new world now. You know, when people are looking up who they want to, you know, do their hair, like I said, I went straight to Instagram because I wasn't Googling what's the best salon. I was just Googling mm -hmm. who the hell can do my freaking hair the way I want it to be done. Right? Yeah. Like, I, like I just cared who is that person. And then I go on their Instagram. Oh yeah. They look pretty cool. They got a bunch of tattoos. Like they're going to get me. Like I want to work with them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it, and we always work, work with people that are similar to us that have had similar backgrounds as us, you know, like I want to support, you know, mothers. That's really important to me. Like, Oh, you're a single mom. Hells yeah. I would rather go pay you to get, do the work done because I'm a single mom too. And I want to support other single moms. Right. So we work with people that have similar interests as us or similar backgrounds as us or similar experiences as us. And again, it's a person to person, you know, like the way that I look compared to other coaches, some people, they might not like even just the way I dress. And so they might not want to work with me, but they might want to work with someone else that maybe have a similar niche as I do. Um, another thing is my experience is different than another person's experience. Like I have worked with a lot of businesses that are particularly service-based. That's like my primary focus, but I actually don't end up working with a lot of coaches. A lot of other coaches in my industry work with tons of business coaches and I tend to work with a lot more freelancers. And so my experience is a little bit different than somebody else's experience who only works with coaches. They're just like coaches, coaching coaches. And then I'm over here like, oh, well, I'm the coach that's coaching freelancers and, you know, other consultants and like website designers, you know, so um, and even brick and mortar businesses, you know, other people don't have any experience supporting brick and mortar businesses, but I do, you know, so so, you know, there's, there's just a lot of, of reasons why someone's going to continue to work with you. And if we keep having this, like, it's basically a scarcity or like a lack mindset of if I teach people how I did it, someone's going to rip me off. 
like you can't, you just can't do that. You know, like you, like, like you can't keep in that mindset for a long time and continue to even be happy with yourself. It, like I said, it goes back to just confidence in the fact in your own skills in your own talent in your own ability to, to have clients. And like I said, you can, if you are mentoring a person, you can have them sign non-competes where they are not allowed to steal your clients from you. Um, you know, that is a real thing. I use that in my industry and any industry can and should use it. And I actually know someone who has a brick and mortar and they, you know, the person worked for their company for a long time and they never had them sign a non-compete. And the person did go off and leave the company and start a business that was exactly the same as theirs and start a competitive business. And I was like, yeah, you should have had a non-compete sign. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of people, they also forget that legal aspect of it too, is like, there are ways to protect yourself in a sense where that person isn't allowed to start that same business for like a six month period of time, you know, Mm -hmm. so that it's, and that's completely normal and it's okay to have someone sign a non-compete. Like, don't be afraid of that. But again, it's all about confidence. You know, if you're mentoring a person and you think that they're just going to rip you off and you're in that mindset the whole time, how could you even be a good mentor anyway? Right. If you're just being defensive and trying to like, yeah, yeah, skate around the real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hide anything on like how I built my business. If someone asks me a freaking question, I tell them, you know, and I'm sure, you know, just because of, you know, us working Mm -hmm. together, you know, I share everything. I'm not afraid to hide, you know, the, the strategies that I have in my head, the, the experience that I have, like, I have no fear in that. And I came into my industry when there was already a zillion other people and coaches and branding people just like myself. And, I was just like, I'm going to stand up based off of my values, my own experience, what I've done for myself. I built my own personal brand and I know I have experience helping people on that and I'm just going to keep doing it. And now it's been almost six years, which is still, you know, mind boggling to me for me to do one thing for six years because I was always like (laughs) bouncing from thing to thing. Um, But, you know, I, I know that I have confidence in my own skills. I know how I can coach people and how I serve people. And I know the results that people are able to get from working with me and how much momentum they're able to build in their business. Um, I also love working with newer business owners. Like it's actually like a strong desire to me to work with people who are either transitioning into something new or have some big thing that they want to launch. And, and I love working with clients that are in that space. And there's other people that are business owners like me who they only work with people who already are making six figures or multiple six figures, you know? And I'm like, no, I'll work with the newbie. That's like, you know, barely scraping by, but you know, like I, like I want to help and support them so that they're not in that place anymore because that's how I was. And I want to help people get there. So it's all about experience anyway, you know, like your experience is really what matters in your niche. And I, you know, I mean, think about it. Like there's, there's, you know, this um, series called masterclass it's masterclass.com. And there's all these people who are like celebrity status people who are teaching the knowledge that they have And they're not sitting here being like, oh, I'm so scared I'm teaching something and people are just going to rip me off and copy me. No, because they're confident in their own skill set and in their own talents. And because of that, it doesn't matter what they're sharing. I can share every single bit of advice or anything I have in my head all over the internet online and there's nobody that can replicate or duplicate me. It's just not possible. 
Right. And I think the more that we value our art, the more that that fear goes away too. Because it's yep. like, especially like even makeup, you can line up a thousand makeup artists and give them all the same look to do on all the same person. And mm-hmm. each person is going to do it differently. And yep. the person that has the makeup on is going to walk away looking different each time. And so yep. it's just, it is. It, I love the, it's the people to people. And also just the time that we're in with information you will never know it all. You know, I think back in the day, we call it like the old industry. People would say like, oh, they wouldn't even share like their color formulas. And even if someone was moving states, they wanted to charge them to take their color formulas and all these kind of silly, that seems so silly stories now. Um, But it's, it's, it's like that the information travels so fast. Um, Okay, even just for, as far as fast fashion, so I think it's it used to be four seasons of fashion, right? And fashion and art is all connected, and the hair industry is is massively connected to just how humans work. And so obviously fashion is um, pushes the things that happen and the desires that humans come to salons and beauty professionals with. So there used to be four seasons in fashion and that's how the clothing productions would hit the stores and now i think it was um a couple times a month stores would get new clothing shipments like shifting through and now it happens multiple times a day Mm -hmm. where new clothes are being brought into um at different deliveries for different like put being put on the floor Mm-hmm. So even if you take that as far as trends, mm-hmm. that's the same thing that's happening on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so you will never know all of the information. So it's like, yeah. that's the silliest thing ever to think you have to bogard information right now. That's, yeah, we live in an information possible. age. Whatever you want to learn, you can just Google or go on Instagram and find it. You know, like, like I can learn anything I want to learn. I can, and I could even see people reviewing products before I even buy it. You know, like I can be like, Oh, is this like really good? Or is this not good? Like I can ask my friends, Hey, have you tried this? Like, does that actually work out for you? Whether it's trying a recipe out for the first time or doing some sort of type of makeup for the first time, like, you know, like it's, it's, it's one of those things where we live in such an information age. And I think it's kind of ridiculous that someone would think like, oh my gosh, like they're going to steal my whole entire process of how I get clients and just rip me off. And it's like, well, so what if they do the same thing? If if you suck at your craft, then yeah, maybe they are going to, you know, swoop up and take all your clients. But if you're good at your craft and you're, and you're talented at it, then there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. And, and if you have the ability to connect with people Mm -hmm. Um, exactly it's all about connection i will not go back to a person if like whether it's like any sort of services i don't care if it's getting a facial or anything i won't go mm -hmm. back if i don't feel connected to that person yeah i have to feel some sort of connection like oh yeah like they they were really cool like they get me you know like i it's just how it is you know and that was the that was like such a big. It, it was almost so obvious that it was hard to see at first when I start first started building hair voyage. That was the thing that I didn't know that I was seeking because it's so clearly the beauty industry is built on connections, and we value that. We understand that clients to the provider that is so strong, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started realizing that from provider to professional to professional, it it was so weak. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm so excited to to hear. How how is it that you? I mean, besides collaborations and stuff, just personally, like when you're looking to create camaraderie with someone what um how do you go about that usually i'll send a person a message tell them how much i love their work how much i think it's great what they're doing in the world and i'll say like i really legit think like if we knew each other in person we would be besties and that's usually the (laughs) easiest start because they feel so complimented. And then I'm just like, I I really think like we would be besties. And they're like, Oh, really? Like, why? You know, and I'd be like, Well, you know, we have these similar interests. And I love when you're talking about this thing. And it really starts building that relationship right away. um, Because it's different than just complimenting someone like, Oh, I really love the makeup you're doing. Like, it's very different when you're saying like, Oh, I love like this content you're putting out, you're really changing. Yeah, saying I value who you are yes exactly who you are how you're showing up in the world I love saying that phrase like I just love how you're showing up Mm. and people are just like wow because that's not something they're normally going to hear normally normally they're going to hear oh I love your makeup oh I love the lashes you do oh I love the nails you do like like they're going to normally hear those sorts of things but if you say like I love how you're showing up in the world I think it's so great how you're being visible about this or how you're talking about you know body positivity or self-love or whatever topics they're talking about and you want to connect with them like just talk to them and say, I really value, you know, what, what you're doing. I totally think that we would be besties if we knew each other in person. And they're and they're like, Oh, Oh, wow. You know, like, thank you so much. You know, <laughs> and like, that's really a great way to, to start the conversation. And, and if it's, especially if I'm reaching out to them, like through Instagram or Twitter, I make sure that my notifications are turned on so that I can message them back right away, right when they're on. So then I actually am having a conversation with them right then. Cause it can be hard, especially if someone yeah. has like, a really big following, they get lots of messages you know they get all these people replying to their instagram stories and all like all day you know Um, my primary website is kimraluna.com and that's k-i-m-r-a-l-u-n-a.com people spell my name wrong all the time so i always spell it um and it's the same name on instagram that's kind of the best place to reach me is instagram um feel free to hit me up ask me some questions I do have a monthly um, marketing program called the Galaxy, um, which has over 50 hours of marketing and business training materials, um, a lot of it around social media and growing personal brands. And that's KimraLuna.com slash Galaxy. Um, it's called the Galaxy because I'm, you know, into all the spacey sort of stuff. I have like an alien sweater on right now. Um, <laughs> and, and um, but yeah, mostly just Instagram. That's really the place for people to, to hit me up and follow follow me and I share lots of content there. Um, and my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Kimra Luna. Um, I have a bunch of videos that are coming out for 2020, lots of stuff on marketing and branding and building personal brands and, um, supporting service-based entrepreneurs. So, so yeah, so definitely hit me up. I'm around and I love chatting with people. Yeah, I cannot recommend, um, working with Kimra enough. You guys, we worked together for a trained on doing like creative business strategizing and you're such a visionary camera and learning about our own strategy and process and learning how to abstract think it 
it's such a hand in hand thing for salon. So I'm excited to hear about like the types of creative um, projects that, you know, come up and hopefully enter new realms of the beauty industry. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I, I actually have a few clients who are, are pretty big in the beauty industry who have very large salons. Um, one of my clients has a big spa um, in Salt Lake and they are, you know, multi-million dollar company um, from working with me. And I've, I, so I've worked with a lot of people in the beauty space. Um, it just hasn't ever been like my primary focus. It's usually just more private clients seem to be more in that niche, which I think is really interesting. Um, but yeah. maybe it's the pink hair that's attracting it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but I love the industry of beauty. I think it's it's so important and so crucial. And um, it's I I really really hope that I can continue to support people um, in in the beauty and hair space because um, it's definitely a big passion of mine. Because I'm I'm all about the the outside aesthetic arts. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, we loved learning from you, and I'm sure we will be having you again on the podcast. So we'll look forward to that. Yes, I would love to be on again. <laughs> Thanks, Kimmet. <laughs>